0: and welcome to the City of Pow Community Podcast. We have a very special guest with us today, the City of Pow Chief of Police, Mr. Steve Ritzik. Chief, thank you for coming in today and thank you for being a part of this podcast. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what led you to law enforcement.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, for me, law enforcement doesn't run in my family, but uh, helping other people does. And for me, it started off in in the late '80s, and I'm starting to date myself here, I guess. Experience, but, uh, yeah, experience, ex- experience. There you go. <laughs> but while I was in college, I, you know, I was trying, struggling, trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do and uh, how I can make an impact in the world. But I knew I wanted to help people, and for me, it became a, a kind of a calling. And I tell that to uh, everybody, and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But there's a sense of wanting uh, wanting to help others and a commitment to making a difference. And for me, that's kind of what led me into the into this. I talked to an old salty Columbus police officer who talked about just the the impact he's made in people's lives and although he may come across as rough, he really cared and really, you know, was proud of what he did for his community and and I decided, you know, that that that's something I wanted to do. And so I started doing my research, and I ended up in Powell 31 years ago, April.
0: Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. Thank you for that service. Sure. Let me ask you, did you ever run into that gentleman again? Did you ever see him again?
1: On occasion, I'd see him. I met him at a place I worked at prior to getting into law enforcement when I was in college, and so I've seen him a couple times. But
0: not sense. Wow. Wow. Well, let's get into this a little bit. Can you explain with your experience, we'll call it, you know, kind of how policing has changed over the course of your career from social media to technology to the internet basics? How would you say things have changed significantly over that course of time with your time in law enforcement?
1: Well, you kind of listed really the primary things that have changed from how we communicate to the public and how the public can communicate with us. When we look at technology, there's all a variety of things. I, mean, I remember back in the early 90s, we were experimenting with video cameras in our cars. We've had them in in-car cameras since 1998 but back before that, again, I'll be dating myself here, but we used to have the, uh, the big cameras that basically sat on your shoulder if you wanted a, the big VHS camera. The boom box. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> we actually found ways to tie those into and strap them on with using brackets in cars to try to video. Our traffic stops, our our OVI, people driving under the influence and doing our field sobriety testing. So we were using technology even then. But how it's changed today is, one, all of the people that we have coming into our profession are very tech savvy. They understand the impact that technology can have both on investigating and on how we convey our message to the community. Sure. I don't look at it as a negative in any way. There are parts of it that we can all struggle with. But when I look at how we're able to broadcast this, this alone, it gives us an opportunity to, to do outreach with our community and let them know who we are and what we're about. And then when we look at technology as it relates to video cameras and everything we have, body cameras, we've had body cameras for several years now ourselves, but that gives the public a better view of what we're doing. You know, some would say, well, it, makes the, it keeps the officer in check. I understand that. I respect that viewpoint. But I also think it shows the officer's doing the right thing. Correct. And that's more important sometimes to, to make sure that we show. And then we also train. We take those videos the, of incidents or uh, issues we see that, uh, where an officer can improve how he or she performed. And uh, we work on that. We're always constantly looking for ways to use that technology to improve our response.
0: Yeah, it's an amazing tool, too, as well. When you're you're speaking of social media, to be able to get information to people, whether it's traffic, situations, weather, just to to look out for the public and be able to get information through those kind of platforms is significant. And and so you guys are doing a great job with that.
1: Thanks. Yeah, we we try. And, you know, social media is a, a big part of that. If it wasn't for social media, some of the crimes that we are investigating wouldn't even be solved. That's one thing I did forget, fail to mention is that when we can't figure out or identify a suspect, we've turned to social media. And several times the public has been able to come back and say, hey, I, I recognize that person, or I was there and I saw this. We're able to either get a, a license plate number or we're able to identify. a suspect in in a case. So the the public does play a big role for us and our ability to solve those crimes.
0: Amazing, amazing. And looking forward into 2022, what are some of the top priorities that you have for the police department?
1: Well, one, getting through the pandemic and making sure that we keep our officers healthy. We take every step we can to, to make sure that we're providing a safe environment for them so that they're able to go out there and serve the public. But beyond that, it's really, we're seeing, we've seen a pretty significant uptick in our mental health related calls. And because of that, we're starting to look at how we can focus on that a little more and what resources we can provide to our community that maybe we haven't been able to provide. Or we haven't, we haven't had to, to this point.
0: And if you can, maybe, because I think it'd be interesting for the listeners as well, mm-hmm. kind of describe the differences, not only with mental health, but what it's been like policing through a pandemic, in a pandemic, and still dealing with, with some of these issues as we try and hopefully get to an endemic.
1: Sure, sure. You know, For us, from a mental health perspective, we've seen about an 86% increase in our mental health calls over wow. the last you know, year to year and a half. It's primarily because of people being locked inside, but I also think it's because they realize that these services are available to them, and we hope through, again, social media and advertising the different programs that are available in the county that we're able to reach out and help people. All of our officers are trained as critical incident team responders. So basically, they're, they're trained to identify people that might be struggling or having a mental health crisis and how, you know, and through their crisis intervention, the best way I put it is, is they're able to identify and pull, either get people the resources they need, or we're able to take them to a location where they can receive the, you know, the proper treatment, or get the proper help they need.
0: Wow, that's, that's crucial. It just goes back to the fact that the many facets of what you guys are doing and what you do as mm-hmm. a police officer is just crucial. All right, Chief, can you describe the department philosophy of community policing? Sure.
1: Sure. You know, community policing is something that I think every police department does. Community policing is understanding who you're servicing and understanding the needs of that, that community. Every community is different, but every community is the same. Everybody wants to be treated with respect, and everybody wants to feel safe in their home. Everybody wants to make sure that their kids and their children, rather, have a safe place to play and to thrive and that's really what we try to achieve through community policing all of our outreach programs are designed around our philosophy of the better we service we provide to the community the better they feel about their community the more likely they are to want to participate in solving problems within the community it goes further than the police department i think that's a philosophy that's carried on citywide so when I talk about community policing, this is a citywide philosophy. Sure. So I think all of us have the interest to serve. Now, speaking for the police department, we talk about servant leadership, but we also talk about this being a calling. And I mentioned that earlier. And you have to understand and respect what this profession is and what we're here to do. We're not here to be the big bully or the, the person that's going to boss people around. That's not our job. Our job is to f- identify problems within the community and figure out how we can help solve those. That's plain and simple, whether that's crime or that's a social issue or there's something, some other problem in the community that, where we can get involved and, and, and engage. Sometimes it's traffic-related. I know everybody loves that, the, <laughs> the four-way intersection and, and the no left turn, and that's an area where we continually work to try to improve our service to the community in that because of the, the challenge with the, that intersection. But beyond that, it's understanding each subdivision, each area of our city ha- may have different needs or different concerns. We have a pretty robust crime prevention program. Uh, we have an officer that's dedicated to just helping solve those problems. And then the officers behind her are there to, to try to enforce and work through those problems. Community policing is, has been around since the beginning of law enforcement. It's had different names and they've had different buzzwords for it. But at the end of the day, it's just treating people with respect and taking care of your neighbor. We feel that this is our community. We take ownership in it and we're going to do everything we can to make sure people feel comfortable and safe and feel like they can, they can live in an area that cares about them.
0: Well, let me ask you, obviously there's a lot of programs that you guys are involved with and, and help provide sure. for the community. Yeah. The Citizens Police Academy in the fall, can you go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, that program's been around for quite a while now. It's one of our most successful programs, but it gives people an opportunity to come in, meet the officers that are serving their community, and learn what they do, whether it's an investigator showing them how they process crime scenes and, and how they investigate to a patrol officer showing them What it's like to pull, make a traffic stop and experience walking up on a car. So, and everything in between. It's a neat program and everybody that goes through it, for the most part, I don't, I've never really heard a bad word about it, (laughs) but they get a good experience and a good exposure. It's a a 10 week program, Wow. but culminates with a, a graduation ceremony at the end. And then we have an alumni association that's pretty active with the PD So after they finish the class, they can still stay involved if if they choose to and be involved in that alumni, which helps the police department with a variety of different programs. They volunteer their time, whether it's at our Memorial Day parade or POW Festival or some other event to just being there if we need help or resources.
0: And then also, too, I want to touch base a little bit on the safety camp for the children in the summers that they can enroll in.
1: Yeah, we we actually are involved in several programs and hopefully we'll see more in the future here with our Parks and Rec department. Uh, They're very active and very, again, focused on, you know, what we can do, what they can do to to improve the community. And fortunately, they've asked us to partner with them on different projects. One of those is the safety camp. We'll come in and we're a piece of of a larger program, Sure, but we'll work with kids on helping them understand what to do in an emergency. But more than that, and just like all the other programs that we're involved with, with our Parks and Rec Department, we want kids in our community to feel safe, but feel comfortable approaching a police officer. We don't want them to be afraid when they see someone in uniform or or be nervous. We want them to feel comfortable and they'll all, And hopefully they've seen enough of them that they recognize them. You know, we want them to feel comfortable if they're in danger or they're worried about something that they can come to us and talk to us.
0: Well, and the the wonderful thing about that is at their age, being so impressionable, they Mm -hmm. can find or learn one thing that could save their life or somebody else's life as they grow up and grow older.
1: Absolutely. And again, going back to social media, they sometimes get an image of a police officer. Sure. And- we want them to see their local police department and the officers in their community. And if they have a negative opinion of or a negative experience, whether them personally or what they see online, we want, we want to counter that by showing them that, hey, we're just like you. We're normal people, but we, we care about the community and we, we care about you. Right. And we want you to, if you feel like something's wrong or you just need to talk you know, you can come to us.
0: Absolutely. And then another event that you guys have is Mystery Night Out.
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah,
1: another great program. And that program, and a lot of these programs are are run by Officer Audrey Wilt from our police department. She's our community policing officer, and she focuses along with the rest of our team on trying to find ways to, to help the community. But she, working with Parks and Rec and with our information officer Megan Canavan, they come up with these little mysteries, we'll call them, where they <laughs> they they have to solve a crime and they put clues throughout the city. So we involve the business owners and other members of the community and they have to go around the city. It's a family event, sure. but it doesn't have to be just for the family. If you want to come out and try it, come on out. And they go around and then they, at the end, they put their names. And once they solve the crime and they've gone to all the different clues, then they bring their information back and then they have a chance to win prizes. So we tried to, it's kind of incorporated in with National Night Out, which is the first Tuesday in in August.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Chief, if you could just elaborate a little bit more about some of the programs that you guys are providing the community.
1: Yeah. You know, we have a whole plethora of things that we, we offer the community A few of the highlights or the the bigger ones are our house watch program, which is designed for if you're going out of town, make sure you give us a call or there's a, you can go right to the website and fill out a questionnaire and our officers will keep an eye on your home for you while you're gone. It's usually popular around the holidays when people leave or some of our snowbirds when they go out of town, we'll keep an eye on their house pretty much all winter for them. And they'll check to see if anybody's been there. And, and we'll also make sure we'll check around the house to make sure no one's been looking in sure. any of your windows. So we do that. That's one program. Some of the other programs we offer, our preventative patrol program, which some people kind of look at us kind of strange when we're walking through a, a parking lot and officers are looking in windows in cars. But really what they're doing is, is they're trying to look to see if there's anything that's laying out. These are called crimes of opportunity and people will smash that window and grab a purse or grab a package or grab whatever you've got sitting out, a cell phone. Purses seem to be very popular right now. We've had a few purses stolen out of cars that were left in parking lots or they were left in a daycare parking lot while they were running inside real quick, not thinking, but uh, people wait for that. There's criminals out there that, that prey on people. And those, so, are,
0: those are the things you don't think about. So I'm glad you're thinking about
1: it. Yeah. Well, and so we, we, we try to prevent that from happening. So right. we'll put a kind of a little sticker notice on their car to let them know, hey, you might want to think about this the next time. Sure. Our our officers that work at night, they'll drive through neighborhoods and if they see a garage door open, they're going to usually knock on that door, ring that doorbell, or if they can get a phone number, they'll call the house and say, hey, it's one o'clock in the morning. Did you mean to keep your garage door open? Because Criminals come in. They don't go into the house necessarily. I don't want to scare people. Sure. But again, crimes of opportunity, they're trying to grab stuff. Right. Or they're, if you have a car in your driveway and you leave it unlocked with your keys in it, which unfortunately has happened, it, we don't want people to have a false sense of security. Uh, we want them to feel safe. But you've got to also understand that there are people that w- would like to take advantage of you if they could. Sure. And if you leave something in your car at night and leave your car unlocked or you leave your car keys in your car, that your car is going to get stolen. Well, I think we had four or five, maybe six last year. I have to look. I <laughs> don't know the exact number, but we had several of them. Fortunately, we were able to recover, I think, all but one of the cars. So we tried to do what we can and because we don't want anybody to be a victim. And sometimes those things happen. Uh, we also do golf cart inspections. So we have a lot of our residents like to have golf carts, and we can inspect those and help you get those registered so that you can get a license for it if you want to drive it they're slow moving vehicles so there's uh, regulations as far as where you can drive it and where you can't sure but you know that's an option we we try to help out with that and then we always we do fingerprinting so people need electronic fingerprinting done or right now we don't do ink because of covid but we can do the electronic fingerprinting and send it to wherever you need it obviously there's a charge for that, but there, it's, there is a reduced charge if you're a resident of the city. Oh, wow, so, that's great. So those are just some of the, the programs. So there's more, but I won't bore you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Chief, if, if you can a little bit explain how the attention to detail and, and solving some of these smaller crimes or situations around the community lead to prevention of the bigger crimes and those situations.
1: Wow, you actually just kind of said exactly what it is. It's, um, that's, that's, that's the truth, though. We put 100% into solving those small crimes because, our one, that's still a victim. It doesn't matter how trivial a crime might be, whether it's a, an identity theft where the victim and, uh, might be the credit card company now because the, the person's been reimbursed the money into their account that they lost. But their identity was stolen, and they feel violated. And we're going to do everything we can to try to solve that. Or we have someone's property stolen out of their, their vehicle or out of their place of business or out of their, their home. They're a victim, and they, they deserve every opportunity to bring the, whoever did this to justice. And so we take it seriously. That small crime, and the more we, we focus on solving those crimes, If we have a major crime, or when we have a major crime, because we're not immune from that. Correct. We're more and better prepared to be able to solve that, to be able to work that case. We have investigators that work really hard at solving cases and solving crimes for our residents and the officers that work along with them processing crime scenes and making sure they they get every little bit. We've been very fortunate with solving some of these, case, these crimes and the, and the evidence that we collect. A lot of it comes from the, the work our patrol officers do processing crime scenes, whether it's a fingerprint or touch DNA or something that allows us to go back and find the people that did this, whether it's the stolen cars or the people that are stealing out of cars. And I talk about the theft because that's probably our largest crime is property, uh, of property crimes is theft. Mm-hmm. We have the identity theft as well in there, but people losing their property because of someone taking advantage of them, realizing that they, this might be an opportunity for them to come through our neighborhoods, walk the streets and, in the middle of the night, and, and steal stuff out of cars or out of open garage doors. That's just, people are going to do that. And it, it's,
0: it's sad, it's frustrating because we'd rather help them. Have you seen an increase with, through the pandemic with, um, with those kind of- I can't see
1: an, an increase, and okay. I apologize. Uh, I can't give you the exact numbers, but it, it's continuous. Okay. And we were seeing it as related to some of our drug-related crimes, and sometimes it was drug-related, and it's not so much so now. We see- an uptick in juveniles that are doing this type of crime and and i don't know i don't have an answer as to why sure but that's who we see doing this a lot and at least going through cars and it's it's scary it's scary for a resident to know that someone came into the garage and went through their you know their stuff in their cars or in their garage and took something or that they just went through their car and in, in their driveway you feel violated And you shouldn't have to feel that way. And we try hard to prevent it. And we've been successful at catching them in the act. And we've been also successful post-incident of, uh, through the investigation of being able to at least solve those cases and link up and know, you know, have a good idea who did did the crime.
0: Well, we're going to wrap things up here. We'd like to do a rapid fire section with you just to get to know you a little bit better and for the community to know you a little bit better. So... I
1: don't know if that's a good thing, (laughs) but... (laughs)
0: <laughs> we'll we'll try uh, we'll go there anyways are, right. are you ready set the timer all right summer or fall fall coffee or tea tea can't stand coffee
1: i don't know I, I don't know i love the smell but i don't know how anybody can drink that stuff i worked third shift for years mountain dew and slim jims that's what gets you by sorry
0: <laughs> meal of a champion all right beer or wine uh, probably beer okay Morning or evenings? Evenings. Minus the Mountain Dew? Minus the Mountain Dew. Okay, all right. <laughs> Beach or mountains?
1: Uh, mountains.
0: Lake or ocean? Ocean. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. The Beatles or the Rolling Stones?
1: <sighs> Beatles.
0: That's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ohio state or anybody else go Bucks! oh there we go there we go and
1: i'm from pittsburgh originally so i've got a most of my family are penn state fans i got married on ohio state penn state weekend and ohio ohio state once so there you go
0: going. so you have that going for you well thank you chief for your service thank you for your sacrifice and and your continued strength and your vision for the city of pow we, we appreciate you and everything that you do and uh we can't thank you enough
1: thanks it's it's my honor to serve this community i've I've uh, made a, a career out of it, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of, uh, of, of the fact that I've been able to be here as long as I have and, and serve this community.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much, and thank you for today. Thanks.